Hello there, I'm Jordan O'Brien and this is the New Leaf Podcast. Joining me for episode 10, yes you heard that right, we've hit it, episode 10 of the New Leaf podcast is my good friend from school and a great friend still now is Chris Black all the way from Marquette. Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, Jordan, how are you keeping? Yes, I'm good, thank you. Pretty tired, just back from doing the rounds, um, coming up to a busy weekend for everyone but I'll, I'll get over it soon. <laughs> Are you keeping yourself safe while you're away from home? Oh, yes, all grand over here. Uh, things have, I wouldn't say normal, but they're kind of verging towards normal compared to what you are in right now in lockdown. Yeah, it seems to be from, you know, reading up on other media outlets, I think I'll call them, or just from general chats, that the way of normal life seems to be a little bit quicker in the States. Um and especially for yourself over in uh, Michigan, are things beginning to open up? And is there a clear pathway to life returning to normal in the States? Yep. So most things are like open at about 50% capacity. Uh, they have been doing 25% for a while, but people were still going nuts at that. Um, it's definitely opening up a lot quicker here than what it is back home. There are some states, of course, that are literally just open business as usual like florida and stuff uh but i think michigan's probably doing it as a, at a sensible rate to kind of gradually open things instead of just going okay doors are open let's kind of let fly type thing yeah sort of that hell for leather approach could end up probably damaging most places in the the long run then i think maybe places like florida have probably suffered from a lot of tourism you know, a, yep. a drop well, so in visitors. Like a, a pretty tourist-driven economy, like especially with Disney and stuff. Uh, but I think like the heat down there helps them have a lower rate of transmission and that sort of thing. But I'm no expert in any of that. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose, yeah, that's, that's what I said in the podcast before. I'll throw in the two cents worth, but I'm really in no way qualified whatsoever to decide what and what not to do. But it's good. Exactly. It's good that places are opening. Yes, maybe at different speeds from one another. But the fact that everything seems to be going in the direction of normality, and we'll be able to go out and enjoy lovely food in the restaurant, or going out for a coffee with a few friends. You know, those things that we took for granted so much, and had them taken away from us and now everyone's just like right well i'm never going to do that again i'm going to try and enjoy as much as i can going out and doing all these activities yeah definitely so i i'm just more excited about being able to sit in a bar again <laughs> i know that Go sounds bad yeah be able to sit around a table and um discuss old memories and bring up have a, a few different stories and yeah exactly just to go out and have 
a lukewarm pint and a stale packet of crisps in the bar across the road. <laughs> Something I thought I would never miss. But um, no. we go back, what, maybe 10, 11 years? Maybe a bit yeah, longer? From um, our first days of school together. And since then, just the whole way through it, there's been laughs, there's been all sorts of carry-ons throughout school and even after that as well you know with the likes of our little traditions around christmas time and mm-hmm. e-, e black whipping up a magnificent tray of chicken dippers for everyone <laughs> before going out um again though those are the memories i'm probably holding on to a lot more and um, in anticipation for when things do open up we just need you to be here to join us now yeah well i'm sure once once we get the world moving those kind of traditions will return and things will be back to normal hopefully hopefully i think <laughs> being the key word there um because when when was the last time you were home i was home last august and then to come over and work at a golf course here and then i've been coaching golf and working at a hotel in the in the time between that and now and then now i'll just be coaching golf and are the the courses starting to open up again then and you're able to go out yep. and enjoy well, the, round? the only thing keeping the courses closed here is the weather uh, otherwise everywhere all the golf is open it's all go uh, and we're actually starting traveling for our tournaments for the college team uh, next week on thursday uh, all being well we have a couple of we have coronavirus tests on monday or tuesday to get done and but providing everyone tests negative we'll be on the road to kentucky and how big is the level because i know that their experiences of maybe playing just you know box league in the uk maybe doesn't quite compare to the standard of the ncaa just how competitive and how talented are some of the people that come through college systems not just in golf but the sports in general yeah well i mean it's overall it is the kind of next step from when you're 17 18 and uh like on your road to professional sports so like all your big sports like football and basketball and baseball everyone who's gonna turn pro there will pretty much go through college and play college sports which kind of makes the whole thing very competitive uh, it's definitely a very different atmosphere than university sports back home whereas you know i have a lot of friends who will play golf from whatever back home and it's more just about drinking a few pints and going out for a round of golf <laughs> whereas here it's much more kind of athletics intense and you know we have practice four or five times a week workouts with the team you know most people live with your team uh and it's just kind of a whole lifestyle change rather than a few pints on a friday night and a round of golf on saturday morning type thing yeah, because that's the level I'm at. <laughs> Go out on a and Saturday. That's, a, that's, and... <laughs> that, that's the best kind of crack level there. Exactly. Like, don't take it too seriously. Go out, have a laugh, and have a drink afterwards, and don't worry about shooting over 100 on a course. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's not exactly. about the score that matters. Um, Do you find, then, that that ultimately benefits the athletes? I know that you've went through college now, and have finished and you're now pushing on into your career and for most people in the uk if they get into a sport they're maybe starting at about 13 or 14 you think of maybe kids that are in academies in football 
and they maybe don't focus on school that much whereas to become a professional in the states you have to go through college and get an education and not just flunk your way through it and scrape through you have to perform academically as well as on the sports level do you think it then benefits the likes of college kids who maybe don't make it pro but then they're set up then for work life yeah i would say definitely kind of the system um it promotes academic success as well as athletic success uh, you have to meet certain criteria the whole way through your degree and it kind of almost provides that that safety net for when you get out of college if if you're going to go pro and you don't quite make it at least you'll still have your degree and you can you know get another job whereas back home i feel like it's very intense on you know you're going to have to drop out of school because you're going to need to be practicing all these hours a day and you're going to go for it which i think then definitely narrows the the amount of people who want to pursue sports professionally because it's such a big leap back home where whereas you don't find that many people who want to go professional football or any other sport they will there's there's no real option or chance to to do university or further education at that level yeah it's ingrained from a young age that to become a professional sports person you have to go through the college system and get an education whereas just right. like you say there if you're a kid here you might just be thinking purely on football and not focusing on your school work and struggling through your GCSEs and your A-levels and then right. by the time you get to 21, 22 and you don't quite make it then it's a lot more difficult then to probably to build there. Yeah. build a, a, a huge career now don't get me wrong there's probably people out there that can go back and relearn through night courses and stuff but it's such a long journey whereas you don't make yeah. it in college right that's okay you still have a degree behind you and you're yeah. in your early 20s so you can go off and find a career then yep exactly it, it does make for interesting thought that you know the whole thought process between the uk and the usa you think that they're two nations that are sort of similar but you delve india and a lot of the principles are fairly different and obviously the the big seed that everyone talks about these past 12 months um there has been a, a vast difference in actions taken to combat it and all restrictions and regulations and we've mentioned that some states are now back up and running and the uk here is still setting out roadmaps to open hairdressers like i'm yeah. sitting here with my hair hanging in my eyes because i haven't <laughs> been able to get a haircut from october time i'm almost gonna have to tie it up now it's getting ridiculous whereas you might have to cut it yourself i don't think i would be allowed a pair of scissors near <laughs> my head <laughs> i wouldn't be trusted enough but it just goes to show like the, the the difference of actions taken in different areas um i feel like the uk's approach has been very very precautionary yeah definitely but then even looking back to summer when i was home because when i left here they were getting into wearing masks everywhere and stuff and that was a big thing like you know you don't go into a shop wearing a mask but then whenever i got back home no one was wearing masks anywhere 
And I remember being quite frustrated by if I would wear a mask, say, to go to into a spa or something, and there's people giving you dirty looks and stuff for wearing a mask. And I was like, this is like the precautionary thing. Like in the UK, we're, we were going to be try to be more precautionary, but everyone was like kind of hesitant to adopt that. And I think it's just strange how the US has come out of lockdown a lot faster than other places. But then in some states, obviously with them, for example, like Democratic leadership, they still have mask mandates and things. And then other states with Republican leaders like Florida, they don't have mask mandates and you're not enforcing those rules as much. But I just think it's kind of interesting to see how they go state to state, because obviously with the size of states, they're kind of more like countries. Yeah. I think that's the other thing too, just looking at it, that it's not a fully nationwide one policy for all. It's left to the states to decide, right, within our constituencies, what suits us or what do we feel yeah. should be the right actions to take. Yeah, and I think that's that's pretty much fair enough because each state is vastly different from the next. Like, what works in New York will not work in Montana because just the different nature of each state. Whereas here, you normally get the advice that's thrown out by the UK government, but it only applies to England, and then you delve into the other home nations, and they ultimately kind of go along with it but alter it to suit their own interests or paths as well like this whole roadmap thing that is currently going on in the uk england has set dates and are trying to hit these targets whereas with northern ireland their roadmap has no dates and no time frame really it's only in stages so stage one could take six months or six weeks it just depends on when they decide they feel ready to move into the next phase i think that's maybe a little bit more difficult for people to understand because they don't have like a target to achieve yeah that's definitely tough and it's probably one of the reasons why a lot of people have mainly suffered because they don't feel like there is an end to any of this whatsoever yeah, exactly. And it's it's hard to see that there will be an end for even like a year because this thing isn't just going to go away. Uh, even with the vaccine, obviously, it's not perfect, but, you know, you do what you can to reduce the spread and try to keep as many people safe as possible. Yeah, and ultimately, that's it. You know, it's a little bit of self-sacrifice to ensure that everyone around you gets through it quicker. Yeah. And... Am I right in saying that you have had the the vaccine already? I have not, actually. Um, You've not? I'm signed up to get it at the local grocery store. Whenever they have one available, they will text me. And that's about all I've heard. See, that again interests me that (laughs) you go and pick it up from the store. Yeah, well, they've got the coffee and all there, and they're doing them there. Yeah. yeah, I'm not 100% sure how that's working. I did think I was going to get it a bit earlier. Um, obviously, working with uh, students and athletes, I thought they were probably going to make sure that we all had vaccinations, but I don't. obviously, I'm in my 20s and not a real concern. Yeah. Uh, but I signed up for it, and whenever it's available, I'll get it. And 
there's another thing that has just come into my head, obviously, you know, the costs of the vaccines and stuff, we will be getting these at no cost to us really whatsoever, whereas I'm sure your healthcare plan or whatever it is that you have will cover it, but for some people maybe they won't be able to get it as much, or I, is I'm there a new system in sure place? I I think all the vaccines are free. I think they are. See, that Not helps because sure, but I think they are. Yeah, that that definitely helps because a lot of people, again, I'm a prime example there, would have just assumed that because the US is so heavily about you know paying for your healthcare and stuff that that would have been the case. But it's nice to see that they are going to try and help people at no cost to the actual person. Yeah. And it'll just make everything a little bit easier for them because there's bound to be plenty of people out there that can't really afford ordinary healthcare oh, for themselves. Um, yeah. how how do you find those little differences? If you done like a little UK USA comparison with things like healthcare being an example, and if you the, can think of any other one. ones. Yeah, the healthcare one is strange. Like the whole idea of paying for your healthcare every kind of couple of months. I've been on like a plan through the university where I pay. Like I just extend it however long I want, just with the the visa term I'm on at the minute. Uh, it's definitely interesting. It is. It's decently expensive, but I mean, once you go in to get any sort of treatment or seeing, like you're seen straight away, and if you need. Like, if you go for an appointment and you need then scans or anything from there, like, they're done that day or the next day. Whereas sometimes at home, you know, because of how many people there are and the strain on the NHS, you could be put on a waiting list for a long time, which can be frustrating. Uh, but, yeah, it's definitely something that's just a bit different because, obviously, hospitals are essentially businesses here, so they want to do as many things as quickly as possible, whereas... The NHS is designed to help as many people as possible in the most efficient way. Yeah, I can remember one occasion, maybe three or four years ago, it was around Christmas time. And Christmas time in hospitals is always a busy time because people either are falling ill because of the weather or the amount of people who are alcohol fueled and injuring themselves mm -hmm. on staff nights out. But I... Um, my throat it had closed over and I was struggling to breathe and I oh. sat from 7 o'clock on a Friday night and wasn't seen until 9 o'clock the next morning <laughs> I had one nurse come out and give me a tablet to take at about 3 in the morning and that was it and then I wasn't fully seen by a doctor until nine o'clock. So over 12 hours sitting there waiting with a breathing problem, essentially. I couldn't, yeah. br I couldn't breathe. So That's the, wild. The, the point you made there about, you know, it's a business in the States and you're just seen straight away. I think you probably find there's more people now are likely to go private in Northern Ireland than the rest of the UK because they're seen immediately and yes it's at a cost but you know you're paying to get it immediately yeah so you can understand some of the philosophies but that's just insane to sit there and then dad as well it's, it's, it's a great, you know between 
you know, you could have marched in there and been seen straight away, but like, you know, then you'll be slapped with a big bill for it. And I guess it's just kind of more up to whatever you prioritize. Yeah, I suppose. If you have, if you have the, if you have the ability to pay for those things, then that's all well and good. But if you don't, then you'd be pretty stuck. Yeah, and I think that's that's maybe the the little unfortunate thing, um, just about it. Like, the the idea of paying for your healthcare at first thought for most people is, oh well, why should it be up to me financially to see if I'm well enough to look after myself? But then, as we've just mentioned, there you dig into it a little bit more, and you know, it it's a service they provide. And mm-hmm. hospitals are run like businesses and they're there to make money because then with the money they make they can improve their services for everyone right so it probably falls into that american ethos of you know it's a business and you can make money from doing things like this yeah i'm just thankful that it isn't something that i have to worry about because if it was yeah. i would just be bandaging myself up and getting on with things yeah, and that's definitely a big problem as well. You know, people don't want to go in because it's expensive, and then things go undiagnosed, and then they have further problems down the line. Uh, so it, it's kind it just of it's, everything's that, yeah. balanced. It's hard to it's hard to see where like the perfect middle ground is. Yeah, it's it's difficult finding that balance. You know, between what is essentially paying for your life, but it seems to be that over the past years they have tried in parts you know to make it a little bit easier for people who don't have as much to be able to afford it yeah i think definitely um you look to like things like obamacare and medicare and obviously i'm no expert at all on those systems and i just i just kind of know they exist uh, but that those are aimed at uh, providing health care to people who, who can't afford their own health insurance or they don't get it through their work or things like that which I think again is is something that is so important for people to be able to afford to look after themselves. Just like you mentioned, oh, there's so many things that could go on unnoticed because they're afraid of going and racking up such a huge medical bill. But yeah, these are in place to try and help as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. On the podcast at the very start, I had. A friend of mine, Ryan, who I lived with, and he is now finished, or he's still in uni at the minute. Um, but he is working for the NHS, and he says, he says their hospital was overrun, and they were they were yeah. struggling really, really badly with trying to keep up with the demand, not only for people coming in, COVID related, but just even ordinary, everyday injuries and accidents that are happening to everyone as well. He says that they really, really struggled to try and cope. And yeah, the, the NHS as a whole was pretty much at breaking point. Yeah, well, I mean, the NHS are obviously a backbone of, of uh, UK society. And I think if they had more funding, then they would uh, obviously be able to help more people. Uh, but obviously, they just have to do what they can with the resources that they're given. Yeah, ultimately, they're they're working miracles from nothing yeah most of the time um like you said it's a it's a backbone of this nation and the principles of things should be free to people whether it's education or healthcare 
um, and affordable housing and stuff. Whereas, and you'll again probably know a little bit more than me, the US seems to be more of a self-made place. You know, if the people, if the place where everyone always talks about the American dream and going and being successful on your own. They definitely big of a like a safety net here in terms of help from the government or from any sort of public agency i think the uk are probably they get that more right than than the us is there a system in place to help people who maybe don't have enough for housing you know you look at the uk here and there's so many different benefits and help schemes to aid people through um, some difficult times, although that can be easily exploited here in the UK. Um, yeah, I know that I know that these like those schemes definitely exist, but I would have no clue on the details on them, purely because I haven't been involved with them and I've only really been working here for the past year. But at least they're still there, I suppose, for um, fall back on almost because sometimes there's people out there who genuinely need them, and then other times right. there's numerous cases of people who know how to worm their way through loopholes and exploit the system which is unfortunate but what, yeah. what else can you do <laughs> you can't catch everyone um so you're away and you've been back and forth for the best part of five years now um and i suppose you could Marquette home now uh, what are the plans now that you have finished up uni and you're essentially now your educational days are behind you and you're now looking forward to building a future what does the future have for Chris Black yeah well that's a good question um, one that I haven't quite figured out the answer to myself uh, I did definitely call here home, but I also very much call you know Lisbon, Northern Ireland home as well. Uh, I'm debating, thinking, weighing up options of maybe doing a master's degree here, or else moving home kind of full time, but not 100% sure yet. Decision to come in the in the following months. Probably I, at the minute I'll be I'll be coming home the start of July. I'll, I'll be counting down the days for that definitely so we can have a, a well and good catch up after that as well um oh, yeah. so with always being a big thing in your life even before we met each other you were probably swinging a club from no age it's interesting i actually didn't really play much golf till i was about 13 or 14 and then I joined the Murray Golf Club and started playing with a few friends there and just kind of got more and more into it. And then I'd kind of made that decision to try to go to America and play college golf and get my degree there. And kind of much one thing led to another, and here I am. See, that's because I just, again, would have assumed that you would. it's one of those sports that you normally see kids have been playing from they were knee-high and... Every Christmas right. there's always like a new set of like irons or like a little kid set or whatever. But to take it up at twelve or thirteen, and from the time yeah, that if I've... you remember, I was much more into playing badminton and cricket and hockey and all that sort of stuff. You but were, I think you were an all round was... sportsman in school, definitely. 
I think all of those kind of led into golf in terms of like hand-eye coordination and that sort of thing. Whacking a ball with a, a long object. Yes, hitting hitting one ball with another implement was yeah. kind of my sporting thing. That was the, that so was the speak, theme to all your sports. Um, yeah, take one object and hit another one with it. <laughs> uh, it's and we've we've seen over the past few months. It's something that I've only really found an interest for within the past year, and it's not something I thought I would have ever seen myself enjoying, but. I absolutely love it, <laughs> and there's, and there's no line about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited to see as you know as the years go on, where people who would never really have been into golf when they were younger, you know, maybe they play football or rugby or stuff like that, and then once you get older, you know, everyone can play golf as long as you can kind of get around the course and swing the club. Uh, so I'm excited to see who's going to be turning to play golf. Uh, I know Milliken was looking at it himself as well, and I'm excited to see you know who I can help and coach along the way too. Well, I'll definitely be trying to get a few tips out of you when you're <laughs> back home in July. I reckon it was maybe about the start of August was the first time I went out and played a full 18 holes for the first time ever, and mm-hmm. just immediately fell in love with it. Everything about the conversations you can get into are so interesting and there's no two days of golf the exact same and you talk about the same thing and it's a good way to clear your head as well also oh definitely i mean it's it's an all-around kind of good sport you're outside i mean with your friends you're getting a bit of exercise and fresh air and ultimately whacking a little white ball around the field uh, it's great fun yeah and i haven't taken to it probably as well as most people um i can't hit the ball i just need to worry about hitting it more and then i'll be able to focus on distance but slowly slowly getting there and with the likes of the golf days and stuff that i'm going to and organizing as well again that's just fueling more interest to try and get out and see some of the lovely courses that we have available i was out Today with Dad, we were we went to um Coleraine, um for Mother's Day to put some flowers down on my grandmother's grave and mm-hmm. as we were driving home, some of the courses we were passing were just beautiful. So we passed by Royal Port Rush and all the way through that coastal route home was just stunning. Yeah. And every other couple of miles was just another fantastic looking golf course. Yep. And I think Northern Ireland's definitely spoilt for choice in terms of golf courses. You know, even around our like our house, you've got probably ten golf courses within ten miles, which in any other part of the world is, is crazy to some people, especially if you're not like in like a golf resort place in Florida. To have ten golf courses throughout one city in such a small area. And like high level golf courses too is really spoilt for choice. Yeah, you just seem to find a a a random golf course tucked in a way off a main road that you never would have thought of being there. Like you're a prime example of that with the Murray and literally across the road from it is another golf course. It's Malone, yeah. Yeah, so you've got two right beside each other. You head yep, over and then you drive 
three miles down the Malone Road, and you've got another four golf courses down there. Yeah, you're, you're a sport for choice here, you know, and like you said there, they're all great quality courses too, maybe with the odd exception, but <laughs> generally you go through and they're all well looked after and the landscape around them is just magnificent. Like, imagine that was your professional job just going round or you could you could just go around the world and play golf the same as any other sports person you can just travel the world do something you love and some of the views you get is just breathtaking and it'd be some crack and to get paid to do it as well that would be even better <laughs> <laughs> but i'm a yeah, long way from that um so we've obviously got the golf day coming up for those who maybe listened to the episode a couple of weeks ago uh graham back myself and a few other friends are all organizing a charity golf day so many great facilities surrounding mental health depression suicide prevention and signposting for i've done the training personally and it's a fantastic thing and if anyone out there has the chance to go and learn and do this kind of training with any other organization jump at it and do it so hopefully within the next few weeks we will be running a just giving page so once that's up and running i will throw the link onto new leaf podcasts at instagram and hopefully you guys can help us raise some well-deserved money to go towards a worthy cause post covid hopefully they were they've been fantastic with me as well and even the likes of counselors and stuff while i was away at university um who helped me being away from home and coping with all sorts of things it was fantastic to help and to get that sort of relief of okay well I don't have to go through this alone. I've got someone beside me here that is going to listen and I have friends and my housemates that I can fall back on to. With yourself, Chris, how did you find that initial transition of moving from the home that you lived in and from all your friends and family that were here and suddenly trying to pave your way through a new life away from home? Yeah, that was something that was definitely very tough. Um, because obviously I was 18 when I moved away to a country where I essentially knew no one within a thousand miles. Even two weeks before I was supposed to leave, the coach that had recruited me to this team uh, called and said that he had taken another job. And I was even wondering, you know, am I still going? Am I still going to be on the team? But I, I moved here and I kind of fitted in pretty comfortably with everyone and everyone was really nice and great to me it was still tough like the first few months of being away and I was very much looking forward to coming home for Christmas and seeing everyone um, but of course everyone back home was great as well in terms of being supportive while I was away and then also when I came home it was top quality in terms of it was as if I'd never been away uh, all my friends were still there for me my family were great as well and yeah it just made the whole thing pretty pretty comfortable uh in terms of everyone was just being really nice essentially <laughs> yeah i i find as well like when i traveled home from university it was strange like 
I felt for three weeks that I was just playing catch up with absolutely everyone and you were constantly getting messages from people saying well, when can we meet up and chat again I haven't seen you for three or four months you know when can we yeah. have a night out when can we grab a drink and it was the same for you like I always look forward to coming home because you were coming home at the same time too yeah and I knew that you know we could sit together again with the rest of our school friends and it would feel like we never left our common room exactly and we were just all there together and we were having a laugh and we were we were back in our school days pretty much that's what it felt mm -hmm. like literally yeah and i'm sure you were the same you just your phone never stopped people trying to meet up all the time yeah and that was definitely something that was like over the past few years really fun because you know you come home and it's either summertime or christmas and there's just so much to do and you know every day is just filled with all your pals from home because you haven't seen them in four months yeah and you're just running around trying to tick off so many people as possible before you have to go back again for another five months and do yep, another exactly. stint away from home but but then as well you get to a point where you're whenever you're home for a bit then you're even missing the people who are away at uni and you're thinking like oh i can't wait to go back which definitely makes it easier leaving home yeah if, if you're home and you're feeling that then that's probably a sign that okay things are going to be all right while i'm away you know i have a good group of people that i can fall back on almost like a a, a second life while you're away and exactly. i thought moving away to wales was big for me and the year before you had literally moved continent <laughs> up sticks and moved over but um i'm really happy that everything is going the way that you wanted to so far um and that all these things that you're wanting to do you know get involved with the the course management and you finished your college life and you're now back coaching and you're still involved with golf that all these things are working out for you as well and whatever you decide to do in your head i'm sure you'll be able to do it with no problems whatsoever knowing the person you are that you can set your mind to things and you're very well driven that you will do it well thank you very much <laughs> um yeah i think that's definitely something that i would say like you know you you plan all these things and you imagine them whenever you get there nothing is ever as you imagine it um and that's not necessarily a bad thing like things are just different than what how you play them out in your head and uh, it's also something i've been thinking about for a, like a while with the thoughts of moving home you know i've been thinking imagining a lot what it's going to be like to move home and not live here anymore after being here for five years um but you know ultimately it's going to be all right things are going to be fine and it, the things will just be different yeah, it's been a huge part of your life so far and five years away and studying and especially being in a, a different country altogether and, you know, a, a six or seven hour flight. For most people, you know, that's them set. You know, once they sort of flee the nest and try and set up away from Northern Ireland, especially, that's normally them. But the fact that you still feel comfortable to just come home and yeah it'll be sad but you know you'll still have those connections you'll still have those friends and lovely memories that you've made over five years or so and 
you'll be able to look back on them whether you decide to relocate anywhere else in the states or anywhere else in the world it's a period of your life you can look back on with a smile yeah definitely and I'm, I'm definitely very lucky to be able to do that you know where i have the the flexibility to say whichever place i would prefer to be you know ultimately i can choose that which is obviously a luxury that not many people have but you know i'm looking forward to whatever the future brings and we'll take it on so you're looking ahead to the future but i want to travel back to the past just just a little okay. bit okay we're going on a journey here are we yes we are indeed okay so the month is april the year is 2016 the day is a wednesday afternoon and you're lining okay. up for the Dowdle Cup final against Wallace. <laughs> How good of a day was that? <laughs> oh, that was some day. <laughs> oh, for those listening, um, as Chris mentioned before, he played hockey and we were in school that Wednesday as normal and the the twos, the mighty twos of friend school had made it to the final of what was essentially the Bernie Cup for the twos teams. It was, yeah, pretty much. So it was the a big final for them, and it was against Wallace. But what I would have done is I would have watched hockey, whether it was the men's first team playing or the twos. And just slowly over time, being the one of the older people involved, I just adopted this rule and became Coach O'Brien. <laughs> and, and would have travelled to the home games and the odd away game and stood on the sideline knowing absolutely nothing about hockey whatsoever and coached. <laughs> but shouting good instructions nonetheless. Exactly. You know, you can just ball knowledge and make it very vague and it just applies. <laughs> Pass it out wide. Cut back. Shoot. <laughs> Clear it. <Just laughs> so many it. perfect phrases. But that that day in April was my birthday weekend and Chris lifted the Dowdle Cup as the captain of the Davidson. Davidson was the captain. Oh, yes. Actually, I just always assumed it was you. Oh, you forgot about Davidson. How could I forget about, how could I forget about Davidson? My You'll goodness. have to get him on. Get his captain's experiences. You'll have to what get the like... podcast. What it was like to lead that changing room, and actually that was that was a great, like fun cup journey. Like I've never before in hockey. Like we were just winning out of nowhere, and we were playing really well. And I remember Drew Campbell was coaching us, and Mister Cunningham and all, and the lads were in great form, and it was just the most fun I've ever had playing hockey. And it's, it's kind of like the experiences I had at university. You know, you were playing with your mates and you were having a laugh and it didn't feel like it was competitive, but you were winning every game. Yeah, and things were just clicking. Yeah, it just seemed to work. Um, You just hit a really, really good patch and a great cup run all the way to the final. And then there you go, you can lift it at home as well. Yeah. And I tell you what, that was a funny day standing over there. <laughs> and you have a was couple a of hundred people day. watching. And it it was sunny, it rained. I think it there was hailstones at one point as well. 
oh, it was the four seasons in yeah. one game. I think I got it sent was off. so entertaining. Oh, we'll, we'll maybe gloss over that. But... We'll ignore that. <laughs> we'll ignore that and just focus on the fact that we won. Yep. And that was my first ever bit of silverware and my last in hockey. <laughs> so I can say I finished on a high at least. Went out with a with a trophy to my name. Never got yep. the medal. No. And I think that was the last actual hockey match I ever played. Yeah, I suppose yeah, it was April, so we would have went I think on we study played leave, like hockey or something, like five aside after that. But that was pretty much it. Oh yeah, I got kitted up in Milligan's gear and tried to give mm-hmm. goalkeeping a go in hockey and got scalped right in between the eyebrows with a hockey ball. Yeah. <laughs> so I soon gave that up because it was too scary for me. Yeah, I don't blame you. I did it once and I wouldn't do it again. I don't know how Milligan does it every day. Yeah, again, I think he's just done it for a while that it becomes second nature to him, but the first yeah. time someone struck a hockey ball at me, I think I nearly jumped out of the way of it. And I don't <laughs> think that's a good thing to have when you're a goalkeeper. No, that's not your most admirable trait in being a, a stonewall goal keep goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah, moving out of the way of this hockey ball that's travelling towards your face, even though you've got protective gear on. But enjoyed it nonetheless, and again, it's another memory that I'll enjoy and remember from school and another thing I wanted to bring up is just as we were mentioning Milliken um, you and him over this past year and even the past 10 or 11 years that I have known the two of you have done so much for me personally I think back to the the, the, the photograph of all of us standing at the steps uh, in Philadelphia and you know you got me that as a canvas for my birthday and you two have went completely above and beyond the meaning of friendship and it's almost like family. You two, yeah. you, you two are brothers to me and I can always fall back on you. And the day that mum passed away and the messages of support that I got from you guys and then to come round to the house as well and chat and to attend the funeral and all these different things that you've done over the years, I value so, so much and will always feel indebted to you guys because you've treated me so well. You know, we come from fairly similar but quite different upbringings um, in, in some ways and, you know, you've accepted me for the person that I was and that I was maybe a little bit different. Um especially in the early years of school when I used to get picked on um, for being autistic. And, you know, you, you, you look past that completely and just were so open with me. And I, I'm starting to well up saying this, but I really, <laughs> yeah. can't, th- I really can't thank you enough for being so great to me for these 10 or 11 years that I've known you as well. Well, no problem at all, Jordan. You'll always be family. And one one memory to kind of almost end the podcast on is um again another great time in april 2016 which was my 18th birthday and dad was away in i believe it was san francisco with work mm-hmm. so he missed it but i had said to mum look i'm going out with bethany and we're thinking of organizing a little party 
Mm-hmm. Um, do you mind if we invite a few people around? And mum was like, yeah, sure, we'll definitely do that. Why not? Lo and behold, about 40 people turn up to the house. <laughs> and we don't have the biggest amount of space in our home. So fitting 40 people into our kitchen was very claustrophobic at times. But mum was there and she was constantly in and out of the oven and everyone was fed. Everyone oh, had yeah. plenty to drink. And then the infamous moment when mum's punch bowl i do remember that very clearly and there's this pint and a half of malibu and orange juice cranberry juice vodka all mixed in in there too and it was affectionately called fanny batter that was mum's name for it (laughs) (laughs) so a pint and a half of fanny batter sitting on the kitchen table and I i can't remember if it was you maybe tried drinking it first and couldn't yep so you tried drinking as much of it you can and struggled mom waltzes over mom waltzes over and snatches it out of your hands and goes give me that i'll show you how to do it and this thing is gone in seconds and she did show us how to do it and i was standing there looking at her going now i know where i get it from It's a it's an O'Brien Willoughby thing. That's exactly what I know exactly where that came from. <laughs> but that that has been a moment that has played in my head. Anytime I look up and I see that glass that and the canvas that you and James got me and it brings me back to these lovely memories and yeah, I really can't thank you guys enough. And there, there's so many other people that I want to mention as well, but because I'm with you, I want to focus on yourself and James. You, you two have been absolute rocks for well, me, you. and you've always been there for us too. So, yeah, and and we'll and no matter if there is a, a huge amount of water in between us, or you're just up the road from me again, I would run through a brick wall for you and James, just to do anything for you. Oh, you would too. Don't worry. If there is anything that people want to take away from this episode, it is if you have a Chris or a James beside you every day, everything will be okay. And no matter what you go through, you could go through the most heartbreaking experiences. and But knowing that these guys are behind you, you'll get through it you will absolutely get through it and there is no doubt about that because if they're anything like these two guys are, they will stand by you through thick and thin and they will go above and beyond to look after you and be there for you and they're always a phone call away, they're always a message away. So if you have a Chris or a James, hold on to them because it's very, very rare in life that you find one of them, never mind me being lucky enough to have two of them. Well, we're all lucky to have each other. Another thing that throws back into my mind is I can remember being a primary seven kid looking at schools and was so destined that I wanted to go to Wallace. I had my heart absolutely set on it and could not wait and was already trying on Wallace uniforms in McCall's because my uncle had went there and I wanted to be like him and grow up and have the same school experiences that he did. Went to friends, 
done the open day and on the spot was just right this is where I want to go this is where I want to be so if I had not have went there you know that whole if your granny had has been a man kind of thing <laughs> I wouldn't have met so many amazing people and probably would have had a very very different school experience so I can be thankful you know, you that I came to my senses I can be thankful I came to my senses and picked the green over the navy yeah. although so, at times maybe the green didn't seem like the most appealing choice in some aspects maybe <laughs> but now I like it and look I my uh, our university colours are still green and gold pretty much yes yeah, so it hasn't really changed for you nope yeah still still wearing the green every day still wearing the green and hopefully in a few weeks we'll be cheering on the green and white as they're playing away from yeah. home <laughs> And I can't wait for that. And I can't wait for you to come home as well, Chris. And I just want to thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. No, no problem at all. My pleasure. I'm glad I could share with you some of my non-knowledge of things. <laughs> entertain glad, you for a while. I'm glad we actually managed to get it up and running. Because for about 45 minutes before this, it was an absolute nightmare trying to get Skype and everything to work. So <laughs> Yeah, we had some technical difficulties, but we were able to get over that and pursue a 55 minute spouting fest I think we'll we were able it. to talk for 55 minutes this, this was impressive <laughs> I know this was amazing yeah, I know we're normally we normally talk for longer though and probably have yeah, a little bit yeah. more liquid lunch in us at this period true, of time true, true. so um, I'm now going to go off and have a lovely drink I'm sure you can't because it's only half one in the afternoon yes. at this time. Well, it's, the sun is shining, so I'm going to go out and take some photos today. Lovely. And if as well, guys, you do go over to the Instagram and check out New Leaf Podcasts, make sure to check out Chris's Instagram page, Chris Black Footy, as well. Some of the pictures he does take are absolutely breathtaking. They are well, amazing to look at. And <laughs> Chris is also the lovely inspiration behind the fabulous logo that you guys get to see on a daily basis too so thank you for that also yeah. too no problem at all of course thank you for that and again a shout out to james for creating our new intro music so i'm spoiled for choice between the two of you so i don't know who to... <laughs> i think what if we get to the stage where royalties need divided out you guys can hopefully, have a name hopefully. at the top of the list and um, but problem to have but thank you so much again for um, coming on and joining us on the episode today. No problem. Thank you very much, Jordan. All the very best. As well, guys, past week we've been running our competition giveaway for a lovely coffee hamper with some of the finest local blends that you can enjoy from right here in Lisburn. So on the page from today, Tuesday, the competition winner has been revealed on the Instagram page and on the Facebook page as well. So make sure you check over there. If you are lucky enough to have been chosen to win such a, a fabulous, tasty prize, then congratulations. If not, keep an eye out because we will always be running these little competitions and it, it doesn't cost anything to enter them. And if you're lucky enough to win it, you know, it's a little bit of fun and it brings a little bit of a smile to people as well. So, I think during these times we need it most. So check it out on the Instagram page. Follow us as well on there and like us on Facebook too. 
and it again it's the best way to stay in contact with future prize giveaways notifications about guests and for the meantime guys that is the end of episode 10 i'm now in double figures i never would have thought i would have been here but hey ho so for the meantime guys stay safe take pride in everything you do and remember you're all superstars see you later Thank you.